Hello, this is Living Unleashed, and I'm Alex Renneman. I'm here with Brendan Gallagher. Brendan, thanks for coming on the program. Oh, thanks for having me. Brendan, I, you, you've got a bio that I could spend most of the podcast kind of talking about all the things you're in and doing and a part of. Um, you know, certainly Black and Teal Concepts is a cool thing. Certainly Born and Bread we're going to talk about. You've got your in-band last year's model. You know, before we go, really, because today we're really going to try to talk mostly about Born and Bread, but it'll go where it goes, and that's fine. But, but give me a little bit of your journey. And, and how you got here. And, and I'd use the old Steve Martin joke from the jerk, but you can't use that anymore nowadays. So just start wherever you want to start and give me what you got. Yeah. So, um, gosh, I mean, I've been doing music. Honestly, I started back my, my love for working around the music industry started in 1996 uh, with a mutual friend of ours, Chris Weaver. Um, he actually got me a job at WTBZ FM in Grafton, uh, and, uh, was working as a on-air personality at 17 years old. Um, and I worked on Fridays and Saturdays and I think Sundays, uh, I did. Yeah. As a 17 year old, I was on-air personality and I also had to uh, make sure the basketball games and the football games were coming in properly over the, uh, radio signal, which was actually extremely stressful. Uh, but that was my entry into the music industry, uh, went to college and was still just circling that hemisphere. Um, and then, uh, ended up moving to Toledo, Ohio, where I ended up working in, uh, concert promotions there and, uh, basically have been doing something revolving around music ever since, uh, basically since 17 years old. So uh, I'm old now. So it's been that many years. Um, yeah, that's true. Let's put, get that on record. Just old, the old part, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, and then, um, you know, moved back to West Virginia, um, started last year's model, um, through last year's model, uh, got booked for a bunch of really cool gigs, but then also started getting booked to run sound for events and promote events. Um, and it just kept snowballing from there. Um, and then, um, yeah, launched uh, black and teal concepts as a marketing company, but it has now evolved into more of a music marketing company. So that's where I'm at right now. Awesome. I mean, it's a true pivot, you know, as you go through there in life, life's a journey. You know, when you're, yeah. you're young, you think it's all going to be just a straight line and a path that uh, is all clear. And the, the weaving of, of that life path is always fun. Yeah. Hey, so, so let's talk about, so, so black and teal concepts. So you're, you're there and, and you know, that you, this is now morphed into music promotion and, but, but you've got a ton of stuff going on locally too there in Shinston. I mean, oh yep. my gosh. I mean, it's, it's really impressive what you guys have pulled off down there um, or over there per se, depending on where you are. Um, help me, help me guide how that, how that then turns the corner into born and bred and, and how all this kind of fits together today. So um, born and bred started in 2018 um, as in your living room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Um, yeah, we were all sitting there. I had had the idea for a while. I had already floated the idea by a few of our friends, um, that were in bands. Uh, but then the idea of how can we create a fundraiser or just something that, you know, to do something different, um, in the community came to be. And I said, Hey, I've had this idea sitting here for a while. Uh, it's called born and bread and it would just gather a bunch of musicians who I grew up with together uh, on one stage. And then, uh, Jason Young from the Robinson Grand said to me, you know, you should consider turning that into a concert series. So we launched the first concert series in the fall of 2019. We had the second one planned for the spring of 2020. 
And as you know, that was not a good year to plan anything. A couple things happened uh, that year. Yeah. And so uh, the festival actually sat, uh, the concert series sat dormant for a few years. And that same Jason Young from the Robinson Grand reached out to me and said, hey, what do you think about how housing the Born and Bread concert series at the Robinson Grand and making it more of a statewide venture versus just focusing on Grafton artists? Um, and obviously, I love that idea. And so uh, we had our first one in the fall of 2022. Uh, we've already had one in 2023. Uh, we're getting, we will have two more concert series by the end of this year. Um, but then uh, I, I was kind of a little bit, I don't want to say hands off, but I had to back out of that a little bit just because of all of my uh, responsibilities with the city of Shinston that were taking a lot of time for me as I was getting that under my belt. I didn't have time to focus multiple places at once. Um, and my business partner, Maria Cusack and I, we were approached by, uh, a couple of gentlemen about possibility, possibility of starting an online news, um, site where we would be basically building their website, getting their advertising, doing all the writing for somebody else and making them money. And we realized, wait, we can build the website. We can do the advertising. We can do the writing and make the money for ourselves. But what topic would we want to cover? And it came to mind that there's no music publication focused on the state of West Virginia. And uh, well, we already have a great name in Born and Bred. And uh, so we ran with that and turned Born and Bred into a music magazine. And that's how we got to where we were at. Yeah, fascinating story. You know, it's it's. I think folks who aren't who aren't around here don't re recognize or maybe even give the credit to the rich music history that's here and the, the artistry is just it's fascinating, really. And so I, I think what you're doing is really great because you, you probably have a ton of rich content you're able to pull in and and use. And the the showcase of Born and Bred is a fantastic concept. It's great. Um, we've we've turned a lot of great artists that have gone elsewhere, but also are still here and, and doing yep. their thing. And so it's great you kind of melded all that together and telling that story. It's awesome. So knowing you're a musician, you're, you're involved in, in, in helping folks produce their music, also with the Born and, Born and Bred uh, concert series, as well as um, the, the magazine, you, you have a pretty unique perspective of the challenges that a West Virginia musician takes on. And, and really I'm going to extend that out a little bit. I mean, it's West Virginia, but it's, it's also small town. It's also Appalachia. It's, it's kind of all yeah. those things ha, kind of walk through some of us that haven't had that experience. What are some of those unique challenges that somebody's facing trying to be a musician in this area? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges for any musician is that you have to get past the moniker of local. Um, a lot of people hear the term local and they think low quality. Um, and they don't realize you got to keep in mind that every band you've ever seen started as a local artist dreaming in their bedroom. You know, that's, that's where every, every single one of us has started there. Um, and you know, some of them make it big and some of them don't, um, there are amazing artists that you've never heard of that never made it big, but should have. Um, and, uh, there's an, actually, there's an amazing movie about this getting ready to come out. I can't remember the name of it. It's about an artist. He and his brother recorded uh, an album in the 1970s, and somebody found the album at a vinyl store in 2012. And they tracked these two guys down. They're Don, Don Emerson is the name of one of the brothers. And they said, we want to give you guys the second chance. Hmm. And here they were 30, 40 years later. And now all of a sudden they had a number one album 
that this album was recorded forever ago. And if it hadn't been for that person going and finding this vinyl in the store, nobody would have ever heard of these guys, but they were amazing musicians and amazing vocalists. And so I think so many people just had this misunderstanding that just because you haven't made it big doesn't mean you're not amazing. Um, I mean, you and I both know multiple musicians who are yeah. extremely talented that are nowhere near as big as they should be. Yep. Um, and um, so I, I think that's one of the biggest challenges is getting past that mindset and getting people to actually come uh, and check your shows out. Uh, one of the biggest challenges is you got to get out for an artist. You have to get out of your area. Um, you know, uh, what's the old saying that a prophet in his hometown is, uh, yeah, it has no honor. Same deal with a musician. Um, uh, you've got to get out of your area. You've, uh, to be quite frank, we go to Myrtle beach and we pack it out, you know? Um, and here we do, we do well, um, but nowhere compared to where the crowds we draw in other places. So, um, yeah, you've got to get out of your own comfort zone, get out of your own area. Um, the other hard thing here is just knowing how to promote, uh, where are the right places to promote, where are the right places to play. And a big, big challenge for a lot of artists here is they think uh, more means something. So they play shows every night of the week. And honestly, that's not the best approach. Less is more is actually, because I try to get these artists to understand, if I can see you five nights a week within a 10 mile radius, I'm never gonna come see you because there's no reason for me to see you tonight when I can see you next week and the next week rolls around and there's no reason for me to see you next week when I can see you the next week. So you've got to create a, uh, uh, a demand to see you by playing less. And I know that sucks for a lot of musicians because they want to make all that money, but it's really not worth it at the end of the day. Yeah. Makes sense. So on the flip side though, so obviously there are challenges and, and, mm -hmm. you know, being here, but there's, there's gotta be some advantages, right? Growing up in a, in a, in an area, small town in West Virginia, whatever it may be, Appalachia. What were some advantages being a musician in that case? There's one thing we all grew up with. If you grew up in this area and that is storytelling and, you know, you get together with anybody and, you know, you, you get, you get 10 people from your class together and how many stories and everybody has the ability to tell stories that happened 40 years ago. We have a rich tradition of storytelling. And I think that translates to a ton of the artists here. Uh, I think there's a lot of really good um, writing ability in this state. Uh, a lot of the artists that I work with and talk with, they know how to craft a story. Um, and uh, I think that is a very strong benefit. You know, we all grew up on, uh, I actually talked about this in one of our articles with um, uh, Stephanie Adlington. You know, one of the things that influenced her writing is the Telltale Lilac Bush, mm -hmm. a book we all grew up on. You know, like, you don't make it past seventh grade without reading that book uh, here in West Virginia. And, you know, we, we have that tradition of oral history, of, of urban legends, myths, things like that. Um, that cause us to just dream and have that storytelling capability. Yeah. You know, it's perfect segue connecting to that is community, you know, so, yeah. so, you know, these, these small towns are well known for somebody needs something, the community's there, ready to back it up. How, how, and what you're doing with, with born and bred, how is that fostering community and taking advantage of how, how music is interwoven so closely with community? 
Right. So I, I will tell you, there's been this weird uh, thing in the state that I really didn't uh, grasp until I started the magazine, which, you know, we just started the magazine in May. And, in, and here we are in August. So in that short period of time, one of the things I've discovered is that there is a very vibrant southern West Virginia music scene that people up here have no clue about. Um, and then there is the northern West Virginia music scene. They're very different. With the music that people up here are making compared to the music that they're down there are making, two totally different styles. It's like, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy to me how verse the verse the sounds are that are coming out of the bands here. Uh, and so one of the things we're doing is getting a lot of those bands to meet each other and know each other and find out about each other. The magazine has been a great catalyst to put bands together that weren't aware of each other, uh, but now they're finding out about one another and booking shows uh, and, you know, covering a, a band out of Davis, West Virginia um, that, you know, you think Davis, Elkins, that area, oh, they're probably going to be country. No, this is one of the best alternative rock groups I've heard in forever. They're called The Moon, My Twin, and people don't know about them, and they're incredible. And they would blow, they have a, a lead singer uh, that reminds me very much of Annie Lennox. And um, it, it's, uh, it's just one of those bands that I never would have found out about had I not really focused on this magazine uh, the way we are. And, um, you know, and we'll be playing shows with them now. And so th through that, there was some networking that happens um, that the magazine is able to facilitate. Um, we're actually creating a, on the website for the magazine, a directory of every band in the state of West Virginia and oh, breaking wow. them out by category, genre, so on and so on, so that people know what's available to them. That's to a task, I'm sure, right there. Yeah. Well, the only way it's going to work, and, and, and I'll tell you, we're not going out and finding them all. We have created a form where they have to submit their sure. information because no way I'm going to find them all. So if they want to be on it, that's how they got to get on it. Yeah, that makes sense. On, on the flip side of that, from a from a spectator, audience or community member, you know, no matter how, how involved you are in music, I think most of us can see the importance of having a, a, a vibrant music scene in your community. What can yeah. we do? What can, what can the, 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 the music goers do as opposed to the music creators? Yeah, so that's where, the, honestly, that's one of the biggest things. You need to be following all of their social media. Um, the way bands get in front of people, uh, it, you don't book a show anymore without them saying, hey, can you send us your links to your Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, so on and so on, because they want to see your followers, because they want to know, if I'm booking this person, do they have a draw? Do they have a following? Um, and so that's two things. A, bands got to be better about promoting themselves on those social media channels. B, the people have to be better about following and interacting uh, with those um, channels as well. Uh, so that's step number one. Um, buying merch, buy a T-shirt. That T-shirt will help that band get to that next town. Um, and, you know, that's a, that's a tank of gas or, well, a half tank of gas, depending. Uh, I guess I just went back to 2000. Uh, that's a whole that tank of gas. No, back to the no, it's not. No, it's not. Um, but yeah, um, you know, so supporting them through things like that, um, sharing their music when you see it in your feed, share that song, um, let people know there's some amazing music that has happened in the last year and two years in this state that my goodness, if people were aware of, I mean, I don't know if people realize, but one of the biggest names in country music right now is from Morgantown and he's blown up Charles Wesley Godwin. Yep. And I was playing shows with Charles when he was in another band called Union Sound Treaty. And that was just seven years ago. And now this guy is one of the biggest names in country music. 
Um, and, you know, it, it, that happened because people shared his stuff. They were paying attention to social media. Uh, but he did a great job promoting it as well. Um, but, um, yeah, he, uh, he, he also, the biggest thing, and I would say this to artists, the thing that set him apart was the quality of his product. Musicians can't complain about people not following them if they're putting out a crap product. Um, and so you got to put out a good product if you expect people to pay attention to what you're doing. Sure. Um, there's, a, there's a branding aspect to music that a lot of musicians don't understand and don't spend any energy on. And it's, it's a major fault because um, you have to think about your band as a business and as a product and how you're merchandising it, essentially. And Charles did a fantastic job at that. But here's this guy from West Virginia that's blowing up and he writes amazing music about West Virginia. I was just going to go there. You look at Charles, Brad Paisley, others, they, they, they've, they've really embraced, they entangle their music oftentimes yeah. with West Virginia, oftentimes celebrating what's great here. And sometimes, you know, pointing out what we're struggling with, whether it's the yeah. opioid epidemic or anything else, you know, obviously, you know, when you're playing locally that, that may or may not play well, but what, what, what thoughts do you have around really embracing the, your roots when you're, when you're out there creating music? Only embrace your roots if you are going to be authentic about it. Yeah. Um, the, I would discourage, I think there is a, a almost an abuse of the word Appalachia lately. Uh, it's like every business that pops up now is Appalachia. So, so, so. Uh, you know, everybody's using that word as like a buzzword and you can thank Tyler Childers for that. Uh, but, uh, he was, he was able to take that Appalachia message and people have just been uh, using it in everything now, which is fine, but people will see through the bullcrap if it's not legit. I'm going to tell you right now, last year's model will never write a song that has anything to do with Appalachia or the word Appalachia. It would <laughs> not fit. It would not fit our whole approach to things. Now, that doesn't mean I can't write songs about the West Virginia experience, but I just wouldn't use those words. Um, so yeah, just make sure you're genuine in it. Um, and, and I think it's a great thing. I think it's great that people are highlighting um, the the beauty of our state. Uh, uh, oh, I'm forgetting his name. Philip Bowen. Um, he was just on America's yeah. Got Talent. He just released an amazing song a couple of weeks ago. Well, actually, two songs in the last few months. The first song is a song about the Kanawha River. It's called The Old Kanawha. And it's literally just describing the Kanawha River. And it is beautiful. And for any... But it's also very limiting in its reach, I think, because you have to have some familiarity with it, I think, a little bit. Um, but not necessarily, because then you think about the song, uh, uh, Chattahoochee. Uh, I, never, <laughs> right. I never went there, but I listened to it uh, growing up. But, uh, but then he followed that song up with a song called There's a Vampire in Appalachia. This is one time where somebody using the word Appalachia works 100% because he's talking about the struggles of the Appalachian coal miners and how they were basically the life was sucked out of them to make other people rich. And uh, the end line of it is there's a vampire in Appalachia and we're running out of blood. And oh my goodness, the song, you listen to it as a West Virginian, as anybody who grew up in the Appalachian Mountains, it's just like, man, that's a power. So it's an authentic use of our story of our background and it works so well. Yeah. So. You know, that's a, that's a great example to the power of music and how it mm -hmm. impacts lives. You know, obviously yep. the, the life of the creator 
uh, the life of those enjoying it. Um, yeah, I'd love you to speak a little more about with with Born and Bread. I mean, you're interviewing some folks. You've got some great articles out there uh, where folks can kind of tell their story. And it's it's just it's really powerful. And I'd love for you to just expand a little bit on what you how you're connecting the power of music and and whether it's the the gritty cultural life that we have growing up in West Virginia or elsewhere. Just expand a little bit on what bread what Born and Bread is doing to really kind of exemplify that. Yeah, so I, I try to find an angle uh, when I write these stories of how I can make this, how I can make people realize that this music has impact beyond your local region. Um, so two quick stories that I've done. Uh, one was on an artist named Corey Hager uh, out of the southern part of the state. Corey has a song called Honky Tonk Addiction. Now, when you listen to this song on its surface, it's a it's a trashy country song in a, in a good way. Like, it's like that. Uh, you're going to hear this at your bar. Okay. But he says, um, I, I got a honky tonk addiction. Um, and he says it was passed on to me by my granddad. That's this, that's the theme of the song. Right. So it's sort of like, that, that's a very interesting line. And why is it so important that he said that? Then you find out that the movie Harlan County, 1976, which is based on the coal strikes in 1976 that revolutionized the coal industry beyond the uh, Cold War. So this was like, you know, the Cold War really started this, the Blair, but then Harlan County really pushed it forward. Um, there's a scene in that movie where a gentleman is sitting on a porch playing music in front of a huge crowd. They've gathered around and he's sitting there and he's singing a song about himself. Turns out that gentleman is Corey Hager's grandfather. So when he says that that honky tonk addiction was passed on to him and that's, you know, that's just what, like that movie was very impactful and it, it, it had this huge uh, ripple across the country when it came out. And so here's this kid who's now in West Virginia growing up here playing music and that's his, that's his lineage. That's huge. Um, And then uh, another was, one that I did, you know, Born and Bread, we don't cover just uh, musicians. We cover music adjacent things. So we did a story on um, the record store in Reedsville, West Virginia called Assumption Records. And uh, beautiful store, awesome, great people there. Um, they don't, people don't realize they sell a cleaning product, which just may not seem like a big deal, but they sell a record cleaning product and it's carried by record stores in France. Crazy. So here's, here's a little record store in West Virginia that's having an impact in France. And so that's how I told that story was from the perspective of somebody going into this marketplace where I know exactly, I went and Google earth the store and everything. I know exactly where it was. I was able to describe the street and the story. And then you're in the store and you find this product and you flip it over in Raysville, West Virginia is on the back of this cleaning product. And that to me is how born and bred gets to tell these stories is showing the impact that these artists are having across the globe. I mean, we talked about Chris Weaver. Gosh, Chris Weaver has a huge following in Brazil and people don't realize like that this guy goes down there and crowds are coming out of the woodwork exactly. to see him. And he had a song that went huge in Brazil. Uh, same for the Davison brothers. You know, they're huge in Australia. Hmm. How does that happen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have a huge That's following crazy. in Australia. And so uh, I think it's awesome for us to get an opportunity to highlight the successes um, that people are having. And that's, I think that's one of the ways born and bred gets them to do that. 
So it, it's it's fascinating, it really is. And so when you're looking at, obviously, there's there's a lot of artists, there's a lot of music adjacent things happening in the area, or or they've come from this area that are happening elsewhere. How yeah. do you what, what's what's the kind of the process you go through to select whether it's an act to to be in in the concert series or it's a it's a it's a highlight in the magazine? Uh, the concert series work with a team that uh, we because um, you know the Robinson Grand has a vested interest in that, so I don't just make. Uh, blanket decisions across the board, you know, or, or, or sorry, unilateral uh, decisions across the board. I, I work with a team to make sure that it benefits everybody involved. And what a great uh, venue too. I mean, that, what a great venue to have here. It's fantastic. Gorgeous. <laughs> we got to play the first one and I, first of all, their crew, there's everybody there is top notch. It is um, the sound quality as a band. I guess that's one of my favorite things is giving bands that don't, would never get a chance to play there. The opportunity to have this, so they can see what's possible because sometimes you don't know what you should go after until you've been given a chance to sure. see it, do it. Um, and that maybe you should expect more and demand more. Um, and so that's been fun for me to give those artists that opportunity. Um, but uh, yeah, so that, that's, you know, we are looking for shows that fit shows that make sense, shows that are going to draw. Uh, and then for the magazines, kind of a similar approach, but you know, well, the born and bred philosophy Going back to that very first concert series, you know, you had Chris Weaver, you had Stephanie Adlington, you had Taylor Made, um, George Singleton, but then I put artists in between all of them that people may not have been familiar with in the area um, to give them a chance to be seen, to be heard. That's the same. That's the same thing we do with every concert series and with the magazine. We're, we're going to for the concert series, you're going to come see a band that's doing really well, or that's making it, or has made it. Um, you're going to see a band that's getting there. And then you're going to see another band that you may not be aware of. And the goal is to get that band that you're not aware of up there with that band that you are aware of, to give them the opportunity to be seen. Um, uh, that's actually disappeared a lot from the local music scene. Is that a lot? It used to be back in the day. Oh, you're bringing in, I don't know, Molly crew. And you're going to put a local metal act on that show to give them that exposure. That's gone. Venues don't do that anymore. They book these big acts. They do not support local. And I'm just saying that straight up. They don't. Uh, and that's so that's kind of that model we're bringing back is we want to support the local artists. So that's how the magazine works, too. I'm going to write a story about Brad Paisley, but I'm also going to write a story about that guy who's busking out in the street because I want him to be seen alongside the Brad Paisley because he deserves as much respect for being an artist, for crafting what he does as Brad Paisley does. Just because Brad Paisley plays to 60,000 people and he plays to six doesn't mean that they don't deserve to be heard. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you mentioned earlier when you talk about, about putting an event together and you look at the traveling state and I love the idea of bringing those bands together, by the way, of different genres and different geographics. I think that only good things can come out of that. But um, how do you how do you make sure when you're looking at an event or even really kind of living in both worlds, put, putting the magazine together, making sure it appeals to a broader demographic is contrary to popular belief. If you look at demographics in West Virginia, we all don't have the same interests. It is a it, it's, it's a really diverse state, especially when you look at geographic and you start cutting it up how do you how do you what, what goes through your mind in kind of setting that up this event would be good this how is i can represent a larger demographic or or a certain demographic how's that work you have to really that depends on a couple of things a what's the intent of your show uh so i've got a show that i'm working on right now that is actually august 11th and 12th in shinston called shindy um uh, it's 22 bands over two days 
the artists range from pop punk to folk to um, country uh, to alt rock. And, but they all still fit together, if that makes sense. There's a, uh, I'm not going to throw a death metal group on this show. It doesn't mean I want to book them for another show, but they're just not going to make sense on this show. Uh, but there's still a thread of continuity between all of these bands, even though they're different genres. Um, there, there is a, uh, a likability to each of them that would, the listener who's going to come see the parachute brigade this weekend or that weekend would also be interested in seeing a band called the bedheads. They're very different bands, but they still fit together. Um, so that's kind of one of the things. But then also, you know, if I'm booking something for a very specific festival that has a theme that I really have to stick within a specific niche for that, um, I don't like doing that. I hate doing that uh, because I think you limit your crowd. You limit your draw by doing that. Um, somebody may want to come see my country book group, but you might have people that want to come see that rock group. I say put them together and get both crowds at once. Um, so uh, yeah, that's my, my approach is... Um, really targeting everybody at once with music because I think music, uh, most people, you know, they don't have a CD folder of just country music. They don't have a CD or CD folder, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> iTunes collection. Man, I just dated myself driving around. Gas prices and CDs, man. You're yeah. rolling around. You're doing great. Dollar a gallon and uh, stock full of CDs. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, uh, this is how we do it. <laughs> right next to uh, Alanis Morissette. Uh, the, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think you know, you're right. Look, I mean, you know, I, I, there yeah. are certain people that have their favorites, but I, 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 for one, love to have some variety. I like to, I like to be stretched a little bit sometimes too. I can't that's, listen that's to good. the same genre. I cannot listen to the same genre of music all over and over and over again. Um, I, and I don't think most people do that. So I think it, it makes sense to have a festival that also has that same approach. So this is this is fascinating to me. I mean, what you're doing is fantastic. Again, right there in Shinston, the things you're doing there um, are, are is is really cool. Um, what you're doing with the Born and Bread concert series is awesome. The magazine's cool. What's what's next? I mean, what's what's the future hold for Born and Bread at this point? Does there need to be more? Um. <laughs> I know there is. There doesn't need to be, but I know you well enough to know. You know what what what, what can we expect? Oh, I really can't say. <laughs> um fair fair enough i uh i will tell you there is more coming um see i told you <laughs> but i'm not at liberty to say it yet um cool we'll, we'll stay tuned. yeah but there there will be some big things happening for us i will say i can say it this way um we are going to be doing a lot of booking for events that are not ours um and so that's kind of a new thing for us, uh, but other people have seen what we're doing and seen the success we're having and have approached us about running already established um, festivals and things like that. Awesome. Well, we'll stay tuned for that. It'll be good. Maybe we'll have you back on talk about some of that. Um, Brendan, I know we've got the next Born and Bread concert series coming up on the 9th, right? September 9th? Yep. yep. Okay. So, and that's at the Robinson Grand. How do, how do people engage that? How do they get tickets? What's that? What's the, yeah. What, so what just go mean? to the Robinson Grand, robinsongrand.com. Uh, real easy. Um, and look for the event. Uh, amazing lineup for that one. Uh, good friend of mine, Cordoy Brown is playing that. And oh my gosh, this guy, if you've not seen him, you're going to love him. Uh, John Ingram is playing and his band's incredible. Um, 
And then Lords of Leicester. Um, this is a gentleman who's known in the area for his art. Uh, he actually just did a, a um, mural in Morgantown that's beautiful on the side of Andrew White Guitar Building. Um, but he has a band called Lords of Leicester that is really, really talented group of guys. Uh, and then we also will have artists playing in the lobby, up in the VIP room, and actually as people come into the crowd. So there will actually be six artists playing during that evening. Um, and then, uh, then we have another one coming up in November, uh, which I am at liberty to go ahead and say um, that um, two of the artists from that will be Grafton Natives. We will have Stephanie Adlington with Taylor 2 playing, and we will have uh, Taylor Maid actually playing. Um, and uh, Taylor Maid's kind of just gearing up again after having been dormant for a while. And um, it's good to see them back out and playing. Uh, so uh, then there will be... Uh, a couple of a couple of artists on that one as well uh so excited for both of those shows great that's awesome well brendan i'm i'm glad you came on the program today um i'm loving what all you're doing it's fantastic it's great i think it's great for the area it's great for the music scene it's great for those individuals that are trying to make their way through the music scene um, and it's, it's good for us, us as the spectators of, of, uh, of people so i'll give you the last word what is it you'd like to say to folks as we're closing this down yeah, um, basically, you know, support these artists, support local, support these bands, go to their shows, um, share their stuff, follow them, um, tell people about them. You, 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 want, you want your local artists to become the next big thing, and the only way they're going to do that is through your help and your support. So go to the show, buy the shirt, um, and uh, give, them, give them, throw some money in the tip jar. And, uh, you know, yeah, that'd be it. Awesome. All right, Brendan Gallagher with Black and Teal Concepts, Born and Bred Concert Series, Born and Bred Magazine, and more. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for all you're doing. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely have you back on. We'll get an update here soon. All right. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Thanks.